Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. What if I took, did a slightly different tone for the opening and I was like, Hello and welcome to the Michael Scott Podcast Company. It's a show for fans of The Office, by fans of The Office. I hear what you're saying, but it's hard for me when you use that tone. You have a lot to learn about this town, sweetie. <laughs> out of paper, out of stock. There's friendly faces around the block. Break loose from the chains that are causing you pain. Call Michael Stanley, Jim Dwight Creed, call Andy and Kelly for your business paper needs or Dundamip. Then the people purchase paper, people Dundamip. Then the people purchase paper, people Dundamip. Then the people purchase paper, people. Hey, and welcome to the Michael Scott Podcast Company, a show for fans of The Office by fans of The Office. I'm your host, a crime-fighting beaver named Sean Roney. And I'm Edwin Jane's receptionist. And with us, as always, our producer in the warehouse, Mr. Alex Ward. There is no way of knowing what goes on inside the tiger's head. (laughs) (laughs) Every week, we cover a new topic. This week, fan theories. Um, So the way that this episode... Sounds spooky. Yeah. Fan theories. So the way this is going to work this week, I told the guys not to really research the fan theories. I've picked 15 or so that I thought were worth... 15. 15. <laughs> Just a, a lot couple. Of fans, a lot of fans. Is that more than you were expecting? Sure, yeah, sure yeah, is. yeah. But please, go on, go on. Uh, that, we could, that I thought were worth discussing. And uh, I'll, I'll run them by you. I'll give you a little bit of... Uh, evidence to support it and we can decide whether or not uh, we think any of these are plausible okay some of them I think are, are pretty good um, these are uh, these are from the deepest corners of the internet oh the office reddit did you get a VPN page. to search this uh, <laughs> office dark web <laughs> went to the dark web um, bought some social security so t- numbers tor-, tor browser I'm gonna I'm gonna start with uh, I'm gonna start with a bombshell. I'm gonna go all over the place, okay? I'm not gonna build up to anything. We're going uh, right for blowing number the roof one, off. <laughs> like well, Andy Bernard so with the printer uh, with the printers <laughs> catching fire. We are blowing the roof off. <laughs> I'll check the web. <laughs> uh, number one, uh-huh. Roy and Angela had an affair. Okay. So wait, what? Whoa, 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 what? Uh, um, there's there's only a few little uh, supporting evidence of this, but I think it's pretty good. Roy picks Angela in the MFK game. Who'd you who'd you do? Is who would you do? Game. Yes, yes. <laughs> Roy picks During Angela. The fire episode. What a game! What's that? That short blonde accountant. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't he doesn't pick his own wife his own fiance Pam. He picks Angela. Um, Angela tells Roy he, he's going to be just fine. He's very strong. That's when uh, they think they're going to be downsized. That's right. Um, and uh, there is a, a moment in Casino Night when Michael is uh, making his opening speech. Casino Night, last episode of season two. Yeah. He, he makes his, uh, his little opening speech where he's like, you know, um, uh, says something like new lovers or something like that. And there's a cut to... Lady Luck, Lady Fortune, yeah, be on your side. And Stanley says, "Will Lady Fortune give me a raise?" <laughs> <laughs> There's a quick cut to uh, Angela and Roy share a little look at that moment. What do you guys think? Oh, and then lastly, when uh, Roy and uh, Pam are kind of officially breaking up, um, or, or, wait, let me go back. I, I think it's at the bar, right? When the, Roy and Pam are back together, okay. They're sitting at the bar and she's like, I have to talk to you about something. And he's like, I didn't hook up with anyone when we were uh, split up. You know, I, I had lots of chances. Or I think so. the episode he's is really quick to be defensive about. I think that. the episode is Cocktails season three. OK. Oh yeah. My God. Kenny and the jet skis. Kenny uh, and the jet <laughs> skis. Um, Go on. <laughs> uh, what do you think? Plausible. 
So is that is that all the evidence? That's, that's pretty much all the that's evidence. All the exhibits. That's pretty much um, all the exhibits. We all. I would also say just that you know we know that Angela is is kind of she's certainly capable. I I, I have no question Angela would her moral code when it comes to um respecting relationships. Mm. Not, not. I don't know so. if I can get there. I don't think okay. this is. I think. Uh, I think there you have a couple comments. You have a couple looks. I don't yeah. know if that counts as a relationship or an affair. I will, let's let's really quick too. There's a there's a another point that's made in a lot of these fan theories that is that mentions that the documentary crew and the producers of the documentary do kind of create the narrative. And there's mentions sometimes of things that we don't see, right? Like Meredith got her PhD during the series and stuff like that, and we never see any of that. So. So I would so all right? of these fan theories kind of there's a little bit of that, you know, you have suspension of uh, of disbelief that that there's things happening behind the scenes that we don't know about. So <laughs> I think the, what is the opposite of suspension of disbelief, which is creation of belief? <laughs> I think that's what we're engaging in, because I think sure. a counterpoint in um, the episode where Dwight hires Trevor to hit Oscar with the pipe. Yeah. Or Angela is arranging for Trevor, Chris Gathered, to hit Dwight with the pipe. Or, I'm sorry, to hit Oscar with the pipe. Right. For cheating on, uh, for, for having an affair with the senator. Yeah. Right. Uh, there's a moment where they get in the van to arrange this. And Dwight says, uh, and, and Trevor says, are we safe? And Dwight says, well, there's this documentary crew that's been following basically every move for the past nine years, but I don't see any of them, so I think we're fine. <laughs> right. And then obviously you get everything that's in right. there. And then, um, you know, Angela is re- is revealed as 3 p.m. girl in the trailer for the documentary. Ooh. And Brian, when Pam goes to see Brian in his apartment, Brian says, no, we have these like parabolic mics that can catch you from really far away. Like they, yeah. they, they seem to convey that they can capture whatever they want. Right. right? Or that they right. did. So I, I don't know. But I then they kept whatever they want, you know, whatever they want goes in the documentary and then they can leave mm-hmm. things out if they don't think it's important. So then it happened and then just, it just never, it just fizzled out. Like what, what is the ramification? Like it was when just, did it happen? It was just about the sex, I guess. Yeah. I, I think with most fan theories, I think like, okay, if it's true, does it add anything to the show? Yeah. That's when I want to believe it. Right. This, Sure, maybe it happened off screen. I don't think it affected the show at all. Mm-hmm. Don't really think it affected the characters. I'm out. Okay. Yeah, I'm out. That's a hard out. I and for that reason, I, I'm out. I'm kind of in. I think it's funny a little bit. I don't know. I think I, you need to suspend your belief. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Here's another theory. Mm-hmm. Kevin Malone is a secret genius. Okay. Le- le- yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, right. <laughs> I, yes. I, I kind of agree with your your. Uh, Give it to me. Okay. So one one. Uh, so this is all. This is some of the evidence. Uh, Michael makes big mistakes, right? So does Dwight. All these people sometimes make make really big mistakes. But we're supposed to believe that Kevin Malone is like the dumbest person in the office, and he doesn't really ever make a big mistake. He spills chili all over. That was a pretty big mistake. Mm-hmm. Okay, but. Um, Isn't it, doesn't he have a big accounting error that's Angela had it, an accounting error in the web webisodes no I'm talking in the show there's there's some part where like, so at the end when they look at Dwight firing Kevin one of the new people oh. says what is this this symbol I can't make out in the sheet and Oscar said oh that's a Clevin that's a fake number that Kevin would make out to make sure his his uh his like accounting would balance he said uh <laughs> A number of times, Clevin gets you home by seven. Right, that was <laughs> right. his. That was his phrasing. So, um, so I mean, when the show starts out, Kevin is or does seem to be actually smart. I mean, he's not as he's not as dumb as he is portrayed at the end of the series. Well, sure. uh, yeah, I mean, Casino Night comes to mind when he's bragging about. Uh, Winning, what was it? That poker competition. Uh, like the oh man, it's like deuce, <laughs> deuce to seven, no limit, Texas Hold'em. Like, right. Yeah. Um, he does, of course, lose to Phyllis, but then it cuts to him saying, "I suck." Yeah. Um, the trivia night episode, right? Kevin, Kevin's team wins, and he answers a lot of questions. He protect he he uh, he answers that kind of reasons for yeah. He answers that question about the French movie where right. Marianne Cotillard exposes herself <laughs> so a number of times in that movie. Yeah, 
Les Jolies Choses. <laughs> I, yeah, that's true. That's true. He also has a lot of gambling debt. They also, right? at the end of that trivia episode, they show them at other trivia losing. Nights. Yeah. Yeah, losing badly. Um, and he, in the, I mean, again, in a webisode when he tries to take out a loan to pay off his gambling debts. I mean, that's wait, so outside, not secret genius stuff. Right. Outside of the fact that he is generally portrayed, you know, mm-hmm. less intelligent over the course of the show, what is the evidence that Kevin is a secret genius? Uh, there's, there's real, I mean, I, tr- truthfully, I, I don't really buy this one at all. I, I think, I mean, some people kind of talk about, uh, how he applied to be in the warehouse and Ke- and Michael put him in accounting and that Kevin doesn't actually <laughs> so <Michael>. like, <laughs> Kevin doesn't actually like being in accounting. So he's fucking with everyone. So here's the thing. When you're talking about secret genius, you know, who says the phrase secret genius is Stanley. And he was talking about Michael, right? Because in the episode See, Branch some Wars, kind of secret genius. Sometimes I say crazy things, right? <laughs> yeah. So the premise is that Michael, you know, doesn't really bite on the bluff from Stanley. Yeah. Uh, or he does bite on the bluff from Stanley, or something. You've been meatball. There we go. Yes, <laughs> there he is. Um, but you know, he says, is, "Is Michael some sort of secret genius?" Sometimes I say crazy things, but you look at some of the things that happened with Michael over the course of the show, right? Him putting Ryan in the annex to uh, yeah. to hire and inspire, good, right? Good manager. And then doesn't Toby fire people. He hires people and inspires. Toby, the next episode is driven so crazy by Ryan and Kelly. He says, "I don't know if he put." Ryan back in the annex to torture me, but if so, genius, you know. <laughs> his 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 uh his counter to David Wallace when his he really has no chips left to play and he somehow manages to convince a multi million dollar buyout in David Wallace's own terms. I yeah. mean Well, it's a sixty thousand dollar buyout. Right. No, no, when they when, <laughs> no, they, no, when uh, they hire well, them right, back. I get it. You're talking, you're talking about, about a multi million dollar buyout. Yeah. Um sea world. You guys oceans, fish, jump. <laughs> China. He also, I mean, you're talking about Michael Scott's secret genius. He also, his branch begins to perform as soon as they avoid downsizing, right? Mm-hmm. David Wallace calls him to New York and says, what are you doing right? You know, he, mm-hmm. he calls Michael up in that regard. And then when Michael is a salesman, you know, he's able to poach clients from Dunder Mifflin. He, he manages to kind of uh, excel or succeed. I like, it's compelling to, it's compelling to think that Michael is doing this as an act for that camera crew yeah. there's actually a reason he would do that my favorite part of is michael actually smart is when at the end he makes the um going away gift for oscar and then he's like and he just accepted it yeah he has that's the lowest good, opinion good. of me of anyone yeah uh you guys have touched on uh, on our third uh uh fan theory president they see i don't think kevin's a genius me neither <laughs> but people have said that michael scott is also a secret genius and of course like also talking about that he's a great salesman, um, that he, you know, loves attention. And so he's kind of putting on an act for the camera. I would buy that more than... Okay, so out on Kevin, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think Michael is probably more of an accidental genius than he is a secret genius. Yeah, right. I, I would agree with I don't with think he is uh, intentionally doing these things that are very smart or uh, productive or... Uh, you know, successful. He lucks out. Sometimes. He, yeah. He, I think he almost doesn't really realize what he's actually good at. Right. Know? And it's focused too much on the comedy aspect of it all. <laughs> um, there is a kind of a, a B. Somehow side. I manage. <laughs> There's a B side to Kevin Malone is a genius, which is, um, uh, which is that he is stealing from the company. Okay. He, there's been a couple of like, oh, like uh, laundering money. Yeah, uh, he, um, he, uh, yeah, there's, when Martin explains to Kevin right. what he's been doing, uh, uh, Kevin's like, uh, I had Martin explain to me multiple times what he got arrested for because it's what I do here every day. So the convict season three. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what, what do you think? Michael's a secret genius. Plausible. Plausible. I would say unintentional. Unintentional, unintentional genius. secret genius. Yeah, it's not some some well, scheme. Then you throw it in secret again. Uninten- <laughs> unintentional genius. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think he has misplaced intelligence. <laughs> misplaced intelligence. Okay, that's good. All right. Well, then let's move on. Um, th- this one is uh, this one. I was not going to include, mm. kind of for reasons that you guys were talking about. Like, you know, like does the does the fan theory kind of like give you any better understanding of the show or 
like make it more enjoyable in any sort of way. And I was just like, this one is is so bizarre that I don't really. But then, okay, here it is. The Office is actually a sitcom written by Jim Halpert. All right, give me give me some more of that. Okay. Give me so, some more of that. So, this is the most interesting one taste- by far okay. so far. So the idea is that there's I, I guess there's a few different ways you can look at it, but but let's say this is the way I like to look at it. Hmm. Jim Halper is actually just, you know, just a guy who works at this paper company. But he has bigger dreams. And so he's crafted this sitcom that he kind of gets everyone in on like to help him with right and that he is sort of the star of it we learn very little about jim's like life outside of the office we know a lot about other people do you like do you know what i mean like we never make fun of Jim, really, in, in the show, in, in like the office. It mm-hmm. doesn't ever make fun of Jim, right? Of course, he's always the one who's always aware and stuff like that. So, so the documentary is, is fake. He's giving scripts out to everyone. There's jokes that are written and like, you know, he's and, uh, and uh, it's not a real documentary. But it's filmed in their office in Scranton, PA. So when do they work? Hmm. It's I mean, it's a really bizarre theory. <laughs> I, I don't What's, know. Yeah, what I what I was going to say was the reason that I included this one is when you start to watch the show from this perspective perspective, it's 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 intri- it's it is different. It's I don't know. What what do you think? Why? Why did this? I got some budget you? questions. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, I mean, it, I mean, it's it, a successful it, show. It's true that. It's true that if you have to really choose anyone, like who's the vantage point of the show? I mean, it's Jim is Jim's. the office. Jim is the audience standing. Yeah, he right. is the surrogate for the audience. That is why throughout the show, when they cut to him, he gives these weird facial expressions to be like, "That's not correct," or "That's right. that's funny," right? Can or you like, believe this? Yeah, can yeah. you believe this? Yeah. Uh, here, I'll I'll read. Uh, it I'll is read bizarre. Something really quick. Yeah, yeah. Give me give us some source material. What comment did this come out of? Um, so. Never mind. I can't find the thing that I was going to read. But uh, that's, uh, I, I mean, that's really all it, all it's it is. Interesting. It I mean, doesn't it's... really explain. I mean, it kind of just says that, you know, in, in the universe of the show, mm-hmm. it's not a documentary. Jim Halpert is writing the show and writing the jokes and directing the action. I would be more open to this theory if the show, if the camera crew did not get involved at the end of season nine. Yeah. If the camera crew didn't say, if there is at the beginning of season nine, Jim and Pam at the end of the pilot episode or the end of the cold open for the first episode, I think, Mm -hmm. take off their mic packs Mm -hmm. and they say, don't you think you have enough content? Like you've been here for nine years, right? And they say, well, we're actually just kind of seeing what happens to you guys. It's all part of the show. It's all scripted. The cam, the guy behind the camera who's saying that is directed. Is Jim told him to say that? <laughs> I don't really follow. I I know it's it's really bizarre and it doesn't really like I I don't really understand. It doesn't why. pass a basic yeah. interrogation. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't hold up to even rudimentary it's a questioning. Flimsy alibi. Yeah. It's got nothing. Again, it's true. If it, you if you ended the show, if you ended the series with Michael walking away at the airport. Maybe like that's that's an interesting theory. But or, I do if you, or if you end the show with D'Angelo eating the cake and Dwight turning to Jim and saying, "Oh no," <laughs> right? Then you that. could you could buy it because the camera crew is not involved. You don't have these right. other like if if we're to believe that Jim is directing the scenes, then there's a level of the show which is the characters acting for the camera. There's a level of the show where the camera crew is interacting with the the actors who are acting for the camera. Yes. And then another level behind that where Jim is still conducting all the action. <laughs> and if that's the case, I mean, the special effects, the, 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 the stuntmen, I mean, it's incredible stuff. I yeah. mean, then that means that whatever actors playing Dwight in this universe, like really got hit by a car, hit his head super hard, threw up all over the car. Right. Meredith got hit by, like he's asking, these are some, some real stunts that were getting pulled off. 
I mean, you know, you could say that. He, or sorry, Dwight crashed his that, car and then yeah. he made that first season on a shoestring budget, and then got it, some feedback. And then Steve yeah, and too fat. You know, NBC was like, "This is good stuff." You know, we can send you some more money, and you keep making this show. It, so. So the yeah, idea, I, so the idea is that Jim is Jim is creating and writing the show for NBC, and then nine I, seasons later, there's another storyline where the TV show actually airs on another fictional network. Get, and they all watch trailers. Getting for it. pretty meta. I, you know, like I said, I when I read this, I was like, why? Who who cares? What does that even like do to help you watch the show? But when you watch it from this perspective, it's it, I. Gotta say, I was starting to think. Huh. I, you, you know what I'd find more believable? Hmm. Uh, switch Jim for Ryan. Oh, that makes more sense Could because be, Ryan's yeah. out at the end of season nine. He's he like writes himself out, writes himself out, mm-hmm. and then all that stuff happens. Ryan is a weird like, why is he their character a lot of the time? Mm-hmm. And his roles, I don't know. I, I, that would, good, I would yeah, believe that, that more. See, but like, but that, or Kelly and Ryan, like if he has a good, created the show. I, I mean, it's which like, is. No, that's just we're talking about what actually happened. Like at the end of the finale, like it it shows a, a a shot of the building, and then it zooms out, and it's in a snow globe. And Ryan picks up the snow globe and shakes it up, <laughs> sets it on his desk, and then leans back in his chair, yeah. puts his hand behind his head, and goes, "Ah, yeah, yeah." <laughs> yep. Uh, anyways, the that are we, was uh, are we overlooking the idea yeah. that it was all Meredith's dream? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're in limbo. Are you in or out on this one? Out. <laughs> uh, I want to be in for fun, but I just can't. I, I, I understand the idea of it as a fun thought experiment or as a fun way to watch the show. I don't think it tracks over nine seasons. No. I'm with you there. Yeah. yeah. Do you so like what? Do you like having to defend all of these for, for us? <laughs> yes. That you have to be the one who is submitting this for our I mean, criticism? I was sitting at home reading these being like, what? <laughs> you know, so yes. And now I have to. Now, now have you to have to fight for them all. Yeah. And fight for them. And I and I will. It's my job. Um, to so uh, let's move on. Okay. Uh, the office is actually hell. Stanley's hell. <laughs> In the episode "Stress Relief," Stanley dies of a heart attack. Whoa! And did I stutter? <laughs> and uh, from that point on. Uh, we are just living in Stanley's hell. What about before the heart attack? Uh, you know that Stanley's heaven. This is. It, you could look at it that way. The one I was reading was specifically said that he dies in uh, in stress relief. What about Florida Stanley? That's that's what I was thinking about. Florida if, Stanley, it's like he's in heaven. What about when he retires and carves those birds out of wood? Other people have said he. <laughs> other people have said that he's in purgatory. Which would kind of explain why sometimes things go okay for Stanley. But uh, mm. you could say Stanley's not such a good guy, right? Has multiple affairs. Um, yeah. I mean, it would. Uh, the cold open where they're trying to get Stanley to realize anything weird that's going on, that mm-hmm. helps explain that, I would say. Yeah. Of, of he's just like. But then he doesn't even notice it. Or it could be a Groundhog Day loop of Stanley. Who's just like, you know, he wakes up every morning and it's the same day over and over again. What is the quote where he's like, every day I wake up and go to a job that pay too li- <laughs> pays too little <laughs> right. so I can send my daughter to a school that's too expensive mm-hmm. and go home to go to sleep in a bed that's too small. I yeah. like this one. I like yeah. this one. I do like it. You know what I think is a better theory? Mm. That the office itself is purgatory, mm. right? That all these characters are in sort of this uh, holding cosmic time, right? existential waiting room, right? Yeah. right? Yeah. And in the meantime, there's like selling paper. Mm-hmm. Or whatever it is, until they get to move on to bigger and better things. Florida, Florida's when they get tested. Jim passes the test. Mm-hmm. He gets to move to Philly. He gets to have his yeah. He gets to move to Philly, which is not purgatory. Hmm. Kathy is the devil. <laughs> Kathy is the devil. No, or Kathy is temptation. Robert California is the devil. Oh yeah, there you go. Mm. That's not true. Robert California is the lizard king. <laughs> is that a theory that Robert California is the devil? Can we talk about that? Ooh. <laughs> Maybe later. <laughs> I think I did read something about Robert California that I did not put in this list. What was mm. that? Oh, that Robert California is the Scram Strangler. Mm. But I was like, what? I mean, I don't know. And there There's are a- no rules to that game. <laughs> there is a better theory about the Scram Strangler, of course. I'm sure we're getting to that. 
which this is the main event, is that Toby Flenderson is the Scranton Strangler. Are we doing this? Let's do it. All right. We're moving on. Toby is the Scranton Strangler. Toby brings up that, uh, you know, Radon is uh, killing them and asbestos and all these things. And Michael says, you are the silent killer. And Toby says, you'll see. That was just that's just a little. Are you kidding me? You were, you're telling me the radon is silent, but deadly. You expect me to not make farting noises with my mouth. <laughs> At first, I thought it was a, a little ant trap, and then I thought it was one of those discs that when you turn it over, it moves. And the third time, I just threw it away because I'd rather die than have to live with this creepy little disc. <laughs> oh wait, Sean, I should have fit this in. All right, bring bring the theory up again. Okay, Toby Flenderson is the Scranton Strangler. Sir. There has been a murder. Oh, that you are a suspect. <laughs> that was just for you. So that okay. evidence you brought up is—it's pretty. That's like the strongest one of all of them, where he says, "You'll see." Yeah, like, that, just that little bit. I did see someone included that in their um, explanation for this theory, and I thought that was great. Of course, Toby is on the jury for the Scranton Strangler, and they, he sends a man to jail. Howard Scub. Howard Scub. George Howard Scub. George Howard, Howard Scub. Scub and he and he feels really bad about this and is like you know says that he sent an innocent man you think you feel bad i may have sentenced an innocent man to death yeah uh you know he why does he think this is an innocent man because he knows that he did the murders um the car can we talk about his car let's talk about his car that's another huge what give give me that i didn't find that tidbit oh so So the the car that Toby drives, they're watching. There's a cold open where they're watching a news right. segment about the Scan- Scranton Strangler and how the Scan- Scranton Strangler is uh, on a, in a car chase. He's being hunted down by the police. Oh yeah, and yeah. they realize that it's in their area and they look out the window and they watch that car drive by. And then Michael goes outside and collects some gravel and says, "You see this, kids? You can go sell this and buy yourself a, a space- rocket ship. Yeah, buy yourself a spaceship, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I think the idea is that Toby is not in the office with them when that happens. He comes there's, in later in the episode. There's a picture. It's literally like everybody except him. Plus, Ooh. his car is not. So it's this. It's Toby's car. He has the same car. We've, yeah. we've seen his car in the parking yeah. lot, and his car is not in the lot during that episode. Whoa. It's the same car. It matches up. Yeah. And he's not there. This is one of the one of the better theories. I mean, um, of, of course, there's all, all the other evidence is really that Toby is is quiet and recluse and kind of strange. He writes and the mystery he novels. obsesses over Pam and obsesses over Nelly. Uh, Nelly and yeah, he's I mean, he likes jellies and jams. No, that's, he Rory, loves deta- that's Rory, that's Rory, Rory Flanderson. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, I mean, he loves the detective novels and things like that. The Flanderson I, Files. Depa bum. Write your own he, damn novel. He, he goes. He, he goes to meet George Howard Scubb and yeah. ends in a neck brace. Yeah. I mean, I just mean like maybe maybe he knows Toby did it or something. And hmm. oh, know. and so oh, and so that's why he attacked him. Mm-hmm. He I grabs see. Pam's leg. He's got. Yeah, it's a creepy gripper. <laughs> I don't think you can look at that putting his hand on Pam's no. knee nope. as evidence of strangulation. Mm-hmm. I, absolutely, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna consider it. What do you think about this one? Plausible? Uh, more plausible than most. I mean, this one, I'm, especially with the with the car thing. Um, I think that this one is like closest to like the writers actually deciding. It helps that, that he's a writer. Right. I I just I like in, in terms of supporting this theory, I like that there is visual evidence to back up. Toby's not in frame, right? Mm-hmm. Toby is very intimately involved with this case. Toby is so involved in mystery novels and intrigue and that kind of thing that this actually at the very least this this seems much more plausible than so many of the other theories we've discussed. Yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking about that part too when Nelly dresses up as him and he's super creepy about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He can be weird. I think the only thing that gives me pause with this theory is how conflicted he feels about George Howard Scubb and sentencing him to death and how he goes to visit him. Right. Wouldn't and he just. How he doesn't stop talking he, about it. Right. Like if you, if he did this. Right. He's getting away with. Right. Like why would he be, why would he right. be so eager to, to remind people that this happened and that this person is gone? I mean, he, maybe he's he, a madman. And maybe he thought he'd be caught and he's disappointed he wasn't. Mm-hmm. He wants the credit for it. He wanted to be somebody finally. Mm-hmm. 
Who knows? I mean, anyways, well, I, I think that, that that's a pretty damn good one, huh? I think it's I think it's definitely like you said, I and mean, I think it's 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 the most. I think it, it adds the most to the show. I think the fact I think the fact that uh, uh, Paul Eberstein's a writer, he may have as a fun thing. Maybe they at some point realized, oh, wouldn't that be fun if that was true? Maybe they read it, you know, at some point. And yeah, it was like, oh, we could actually kind of hint it, but never. Yeah, thing it and. The official Office YouTube channel made a making a strangler video. Yeah, it's the only. Well, and fan if you theory. haven't seen it, go check it out. That's a fun. Yeah, little it's video. the only fan theory that like they've bothered to edit together. So, um, I'm in. Here's uh, piggybacking off of that one. I've got another Toby related theory for you. God bless you. Michael hates Toby. Okay, because yeah, not up for debate. <laughs> because of divorce. Why are you the way that you are? <laughs> uh, Michael's um, uh, has some daddy issues, right? His mom remarried when he was young. I hate you, right? He's walking down the. He's Jeff. the ring bearer. Yeah, Jeff. Funny enough, later that dog peed all over everything, and no one said boo. <laughs> um, <laughs> and Michael. Well, let me tell you this: my mom was marrying Jeff, and I was supposed to be ring bearer, and somehow. My pants became wet. <laughs> um, Michael, of course, brings up a lot that Toby's divorced. Divorced, right? Yeah, he, Toby is in HR, so he's not really a part of our family. Also, Toby is divorced, so he's not really a part of his family. Right. Um, God, it's so harsh. I was almost like I thought that that was so solid. I was like, that's not even a fan theory. That's just a that's just an explanation there's, for something that I never realized. There's before. also a moment in the Hot Girl episode in season one where Michael is taking Katie, Amy Adams around to meet everyone. And Toby and Katie start to connect over the fact that uh, they both went to Bishop Mm O'Hara. And uh, they start to kind of hit it off. And Michael jumps in and says, Toby is divorced. That was really hard for you. And you have a kid. And you had to sleep in your car that one night. (laughs) (laughs) Just a hard stop on their conversation. Yeah. Um, Yeah. What do you think? Uh, I don't know, Toby. Your answer to everything is get divorced. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad you remember all those quotes because I didn't have time to look them up. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, This is what I'm here for. Right off off the cuff. This is the only time when this knowledge is is useful. (laughs) So I'm glad glad, uh, that I can use it. I mean, mean, Michael's reason for hating Toby, he's stated, which is he's from corporate. Therefore, Michael doesn't really have any control over him. And he's Mm -hmm. a wet blanket. Yeah, on everything fun Michael right. tries to do, but deep down, but is there a, is there something? Yeah, I mean, so is subconscious. Ho- so, is ho- so is Holly. She's from corporate, you know. So, but I mean, that's a different setting. Yeah, yeah but Holly is very warm. Michael is pretty sure that she's baked on a professional level. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I could see it. I could see Michael, um, resenting. To I mean, like, who's actually the most similar to Michael in the office? It's Toby. Right. As far as like age, they're single. Oh, okay. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, I see. Okay. What you're just saying. I just mean generally in terms of where they're at in their life, but Demo- least, demographically, yeah. But at least Toby has been married, has a kid, like, right. and Michael might just resent Toby for like yeah. those things and and remind him of all the things he also doesn't have, right? Even though and while well, like poking fun at him because like people don't seem to hate Toby, people don't, right? So Michael's like I he's my punching bag, um. I don't know. I don't know. But who knows? I, the uh, psychology of Michael, you could that's a whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh a moment that kind of goes along with that is when uh during Niagara when Dwight hooks up with Isabel, Pam's friend. Mm-hmm. And uh the next morning Dwight is eating a Universal ton of food. Universal donor. Yeah, right. <laughs> Dwight is eating a ton of food and Michael says, "How can you eat like this?" And Dwight says, "Uh I'm ravenous after a night of lovemaking." <laughs> and uh then uh, at the end, he says, "Do you think you'll ever see her again?" And Dwight says, "No, she's uh, you know she's a uh, she's a dental hygienist from Carbondale. She's a bumpkin, and she makes love like it, or something, oh God, something really along mean. those lines, Jeez. right? Yeah, very very mean thing to say." And Michael is he 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 says, "You you're not interested in her. You could double date with Jim and Pam. He, you you're not gonna follow up." And uh, and Dwight says, "No." And then she. <laughs> Uh, Dwight says, why don't you ask her out? And Michael says, I already have my European girlfriend. And I love the way that he delivers that line because it's almost as if I already have 
And then also, I already have my European girlfriend. Right. This fake girlfriend that Michael has made up because Michael is so deeply afraid of, of ending up alone, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So just that idea that uh, he resents other people who maybe have found love, but then they can't make it work. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because as Michael says to Jan, he wants the tickle fights. He wants the cuddling. He wants the... the white picket fence. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the tickling and the giggling as a count as an as an uh you know another point that looks to the opposite of that right yeah yeah when andy is manager toby says something to kind of contradict him and andy says uh i'm beginning to see why michael hated you and toby says no andy no no he, no, he says uh he didn't yeah <laughs> <laughs> he didn't so uh i i guess there are kind of two ways to see that but i think that's an interesting thing i would say it's a very subconscious thing with michael yeah uh, here's a fun one, okay? Finally. Fun one. Creed Season need- 4, episode <laughs> 1. Creed needs to scuba. Because he's if trying... If I can't scuba, then what's this all been about? Because he's trying to catch the Loch Ness Monster. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'm in already. Right. I'm in already. <laughs> Please what's give... the other quote? It's like two arms, a face, a butt. <laughs> a penis. A penis. <laughs> I have just described to you the Loch Ness Monster. <laughs> and underneath, all the treasure in Scotland. So the question remains, what are you waiting for? The guy was just hanging brain. I mean, what's all the fuss? <laughs> I think, uh, you could give me anything about Creed and I'm yeah. in. It's like, sure, you can't disprove anything about Creed. I mean, there's there's all sorts of unresolved things we hear. One of the drops I play, this and one. I'll have two chairs. Only one to go. <laughs> What's he I need doing? To know. Yeah, like I, I really want to know. Uh, Anything is possible in Great Bratton. Yes, I, I'm in. I'm in. Our yeah, I thought that this one you can't. You can't deny it. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, it's only. It's all, the only evidence are those two quotes. Sure, but right. That's all you need with Creed. That's all you get with Creed. Just a little it's quote true. here and there. He makes fake licenses. He has a fake identity. He's got a he's worm been, guy. He's been living, uh, running from the government for I, this entire series. That, gonna, that wasn't a tapeworm that Kelly ate. <laughs> Who's your worm guy? <laughs> um, wow, uh, that's all the creep drops I got. Uh, we got them all out. Uh, dang. Oh, no, this one. That is Northern Lights <laughs> Cannabis India. It's marijuana. No, it's marijuana. Um, I got to get that drop. Uh, uh Another one that I was like, man, that's not even a fan theory. Creed Bratton is not Creed Bratton, but he pretty much says that. Yeah. yeah. Charles yeah. Uh, Schneider. William yeah. Charles Schneider. There he goes. Which um, I guess is his real name, the actress. Real that's name. the real name. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, so. Uh, what a character that Jim Halpert wrote, though. <laughs> yeah, that's one of his best. Yeah, yeah. mastermind. It's his grandpa. Uh, okay. Phyllis and Stanley. Have had an affair. I never had an orgasm until I was forty-two. <laughs> as soon as you say a character, I'm just like, what do I got? Evidence, please. Yeah. Uh, most of the evidence is in the finale. Stanley says that over the course of the documentary, he's had three affairs, but we only know about two: Cynthia and Lydia, his nurse. So who's the third? Then there are there's. Phyllis talks about Stanley and is kind of has this moment where she's like, you know, he's a he's a very sweet man. Like you got like, you know, people don't know the real. Everyone thinks he's this big grump. Yeah. Um, They have a certain connection, it seems like throughout the show. Right. You know, just moments like when Stanley's got the uh, sea monster mask on and for Halloween and Phyllis (laughs) is like he wears that so he can sleep. I mean, there's also that moment, I think Phyllis is on the other end of this high five, when the episode is uh, the episode is business ethics at the beginning of season five. Just keep bringing the ribs. Just keep the ribs coming. Yeah. And they high five, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also a moment where Jim is trying to convince uh, Stanley and Phyllis to cover for him while he goes to Philly in case something comes up with one of his clients. Mm-hmm. And Stanley says, uh, okay, but you got to take us for, to lunch first. Yeah, yeah. Right? And so they take them both out to lunch. Stanley orders the surf and turf with a side of lobster. Sir, that already comes with lobster. And he says, I know. It doesn't come with enough Not lobster. Not enough lobster. Bring more lobster. And, and, and Phyllis says, do you have wine? And she eventually like... <laughs> She's trying to rip... Fries the, the decorative <laughs> bottle of wine up. Yeah, so... Yeah. 
And then they, they're like, we're going to cover for you, sweetie. Yeah, you know, yeah. We're really uh, pressing your beans. Yeah, they're like a grandma and grandpa or Yeah, shucking like your that. peas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, what do you think about that one? You think Stanley's growing trees? Well, they don't. Show me that farm. You think the world is crawling with Phyllis's? <laughs> Show me that farm. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, I, I, no, I'm out. Also out. out. Well, look. look. <laughs> Pumpkin's out. Any <laughs> pumpkin is out. Gang. <laughs> any theory? Any theory where all the evidence awesome. is in one episode? I'm just like, like that's like why yeah. the Toby they the Toby thing happy. makes. At the end, Stanley carves a a little whittles her a little uh, sculpture of herself with bird feet. Right in the finale. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, he does. I, and the I, new Stanley comes in and she's like. She's like trying she to says, him up. more more fudge, and he says, "Oh gosh, I've gained like ten pounds since right, I started." Yeah, yeah. she's so right. happy about it. That's such a great moment. There's also a moment where uh, in conflict resolution, where I think Phyllis says, uh, "Stanley and I are close," and Stanley says, "We sit close." <laughs> <laughs> That's because he doesn't want people to catch on. Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't think so. Alex is out. Edwin, Edwin is out. I'm in. I think that that I think that that's kind of funny, and it's like a little bit of an aha moment for for sure, me when I sure grandma and grandpa, huh? <laughs> I would say like, wait, was the theory that they were lovers, or the theory is just, or they just had an affair? They Son had an Amantes. affair, and 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 the 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 fan theory that I read specifically said that they had an affair before the show even starts. That, because not yeah. that, not that she cheats on Bob Vance. To have an affair with. Oh, I didn't even think Stanley. about that. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was... It's like, if it happened way a long time ago and just once, like a, that's, like that a is, drunk business trip, something happened. It's that's like, okay, kind of the... Maybe. That is what the theory is. Maybe. Wait, but that 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 sounds even like more... That sounds even less backed up by evidence. Yeah. That like, it's sometime in the distant past before mm-hmm. they were on the show, mm-hmm. there was this mythical trip where Stanley and Phyllis hooked up. Yeah. <laughs> sure you got it sure no all right uh, you guys are out i yeah. i i think that's a fun one i pumpkin, like that pumpkin one. is out why don't why don't you try this one on <laughs> edwin pumpkin james <laughs> i get that a lot at the end of casino night the finale of season two i've, I've seen it jim and pam kiss twice yeah and pam initiates the second kiss Okay, so the way that this works is at the end of the episode, we see Jim come upstairs, grab her, kiss her. And then I think they kind of they pull off of that kiss and it's a cut. It's the end of the season. Yeah. Well, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when we pick up in season three and we see this as a flashback. They pull away and there's kind of like a like are you I'm drunk? Not, yeah, I'm not drunk. We're just drunk. Jim I'm says, not drunk. Are, you, "Are you really? You're really gonna marry this guy?" Yeah, yeah. So there's kind of a weird break that allow like in the editing of this that allows that people think that we're actually watching two separate kisses and that Pam was probably the one who initiated the the second kiss. I I mean I don't know really what value that has beyond just that like. Pam is even more into it than we already thought, but whatever. You guys I mean, remember the, you guys remember their first kiss, of Dun- course at the, the Dundies, Dundies. Yeah. and Pam yeah. initiates that. Right, she definitely does. Mm-hmm. So there you go. This, I mean, I guess, I guess this has a little. This is kind of a Han shot first theory, and like, does this change? This changes maybe a season of The Office, mm-hmm. uh, but like, at the end of the day, they're they're still getting married, and I don't know. Right. She's not going to break it off with Roy. Yeah, I don't think it changes the, the moment. Yeah. Because uh, they do... The the way the way that Pam says no after Jim asks, are you, he's like, no, I'm not drunk. Are you drunk? Mm-hmm. And she says no, like, no. Like, I'm not. Let's do that again. Like, there yeah. is, like... I could see that, but... Um, I, I don't. I don't know what the, it changes, or it. It seems like it was mutual. The second yeah. one, I wouldn't say she initiated it. I think this one's fun because it's like, yeah, the, the way that that's cut, it, it could have happened, but I just don't know what uh, how that really changes anything beyond just that. Like Pam is more into it than than we thought originally. I don't know. 
I mean, I think the thing is they're both into it. They're just both very conflicted, and they're with different totally. people at different times. It's. I think yeah. it makes it. I think maybe the fact that they both kissed each other in that moment makes it even harder later. You know that Pam still wanted to marry Roy, and um, you know that Jim when he comes back in season three still you know doesn't really hasn't really forgiven her for all that. I don't. I don't know. Do you think? Do you think that Jim is in a position where he needs to forgive her? In season three, when he comes back, no, that's not the. That's no, but not he's kind of mean to it, right. He's not really, or he's not very friendly to her. Anymore. He's a little distant he's in terms di- of. He's very. He's distant, like. Agree with that. He's like, look, I made my move. You said no. We're done. Mm-hmm. Right. That's sort of his general vibe of yeah. like, don't, don't. Brangelina is with Frangelina. Mm-hmm. The door was open. Here's a non hypothetical. I'm mm-hmm. with Karen. He says that in Phyllis's wedding, when. Uh, he watches Pam leave with Roy and he looks and he's kind of, he's visibly kind of upset. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, what, what, well, what do you think? Plausible. Uh, yeah. No, I think this is I'm by so. far the most plausible. I think, I mean, I think it's a correlation. That this is the most plausible with the fact that it impacts the least on the mm-hmm. show. Right. I think she allowed the second kiss. I don't, I don't know if she necessarily initiated, right. but I mean, it seems like they're, the kiss was mutual, right? Yeah. Because Jim says, I've wanted to do that for a long time, and Pam says, me too. Right. Right? Um, Jim had an affair in the end of the show. With? Possibly Kathy Sims. So in the last season, we don't see a lot of Jim in Philly, and obviously like their marriage is kind of uh, what about him and Daryl living in that apartment? <laughs> him and Daryl could Maybe be. They got had a little bunch of drink. They said, "Let's see what let's see what feels." The let's theory kiss. is sort of that you know we don't really see a lot of Jim in this last season, and he's kind of an asshole in a lot of ways now. And uh, when they're on stage um, doing the panel about the documentary, right? They do that like big public mm-hmm. appearance. I'm aware. Again, we've seen the whole show. Pam is Sean. trying to ex- like defend herself, and then Jim jumps in really quick to be like, you know, there's a lot of there were a lot of things going on, and blah blah blah. He's just he's, I mean, really, the only angle here is just that he, the evidence here is just that he is acting strangely in the last season. We don't see a lot of him. Pam is like distraught about their relationship, but it's not entirely clear, like, you know, why. And that the producers of the documentary have helped kind of keep this out of the narrative. What do you think? Mm. I. Well, this conflicts with the Jim is writing a sitcom. A little this bit. is we're back in the real documentary universe. Yeah. Again, there's not really evidence. No, there's not. I especially if you try to bring Kathy into it, I don't think it makes sense because I mean, you could, a big part of the plot in season eight is Kathy is very much trying to get with Jim, and she says that on the phone yeah. to her friend. Right. Right. And. I, I mean, and the whole thing is Jim trying to fight temptation, right? That's the whole sort of crux of that. Yeah, and it's hard for him. Yeah. But, so, and I mean, and I think the whole thing in season nine, he's acting weirdly because. Uh, see, I don't even think Jim is, was tempted. I, I think he's just really, un- like, it's so obvious what she's doing. He's more uncomfortable. And he's yeah, just yeah. like, that's very funny. Okay, I do not right. want her in my room. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is weird. Yeah. Yeah. I don't Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a. That's, that's a that's a great call out. I think Jim is more uncomfortable than he is tempted. That, yeah, that, yeah, I think yeah. it's a very good point. Yeah. Um, I just think in season nine when they have this conflict, it's less about. Um, it's like, huh, Jim is acting strange. It's more like Jim is very clearly, sort of outgrowing the life that they have in Scranton, right? And Pam is not ready to give that up, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe Pam is so comfortable and so happy with the life they have in Scranton, right, that she doesn't want to give that up. And I think that's. That's where that sort of disconnect or that abrasion kind of comes from. And like, I mean, I've talked about this on the show. Like, I really don't like that disconnect in general. I don't think it, I don't think it, it, it plays well. It's not the, it's not romantic tension. You know what I yeah. mean? Um, but just, I don't think that, uh, I did, I never took that in watching it to, to mean that Jim is having an affair. Yeah. The yeah. only thing I am worried about 
I'm getting a boner. <laughs> yeah, I think this is one that you can kind of watch the show from that angle, but it doesn't really um, make anything better or make any more sense. You know uh, what I mean? Yeah, at the end of the day, it's like, if you think Jim's a good guy, Jim's a bad guy. That's really what... Right. It's like... And he's definitely a bad guy. <laughs> but we could talk about that later. Topic for another <laughs> episode. Um, I think we've reached our last one here. We kind of... Uh, I've picked through this list quite a bit. I, I'm, I'm going to end on this one. The Scranton branch is suffering from radon poisoning. <laughs> they, as the show goes on, they all uh-huh. become more extreme versions of themselves. I mean, you think about episodes like uh, when they get that espresso machine and are like ripping the carpets out and like uh, Stairmageddon. That's the espresso, not the radon. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, that's the well. Okay, but I, you know, that's a, that'd be a lot of espresso. Murder. Uh, uh, murder. Stairmageddon when Dwight just like shoots he tranquilizes Stanley, Stanley with bear tranquilizers and then Stanley stabs himself with bear tranquilizers at the end. I mean, yeah. bull this, tranquilizers. It just gets the show gets. I mean, and we've talked about this too that it's like you know the office is really calm and quiet in the in the early seasons, and it just gets more wild and crazy as the show goes on. So one explanation for that is that everyone is slowly suffering from radon poisoning, just I as mean, Toby predicted. I, I, the first thing that came to my mind is to 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 conceive of to conceive of Senior Lodenstein as an actual solution to that problem is insane. Mm. Por que muy rápido. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's always bothered me. That like you think having grease on the bottom of every box, like you're gonna load that into a truck and say We're, we did it. Like, yeah. You must be high. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So there you go. They're high. They're they're going crazy from radon poisoning. When Pete and Clark come in and they're like, everyone's super weird, and then yep. they slow up at the end of the season. They're you know they're they're, they're starting to get there too. Yep. Um. What do you think? You like this one? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a very quick Google search says that radon <laughs> symptoms of radon poisoning is difficulty breathing, persistent cough. Hmm. Eventually developing cancer, not, not acting not like a lunatic, a general, high functioning crazy person, exaggerated personalities, and generally and generalized insanity <laughs> don't really fall under the <laughs> under the purview of uh, the yeah. symptoms of radon poisoning. But I like the idea that there's some weird factor causing them to become more extreme. What was what was your favorite fan theory from from these from these fan theories? Mm. Toby's um, is Grand Strangler. I mean that, and that's a pretty. Mm-hmm. Like like you were saying, the the official office YouTube pages um, acknowledge right, like they put time this. into that one. Yeah. yeah, I think that's the one where you have visual evidence. I think it, you have Toby being involved with that storyline. I think all of that makes the most sense. I think the rest of these involve us taking a big leap uh, in terms of imagination into what happens off screen. Right. right. When you can really only kind of deal with what happens on screen. And Toby with the Scranton Strangler, I think, has the most um, on screen evidence. Yeah, just evidence or criteria to kind of back it up. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like the uh, I like the, the two affairs that the um, the idea that Roy and Angela had an affair and that uh, and that Stanley and Phyllis had an affair. I thought that was mm. there is some good evidence for that. I mean, you know, of course. Angela and Roy could just have little crushes on each other, and that's all it is. Um, but uh, there's not. Uh, I don't know. I just I I thought those were funny. I thought for for me when I read those, I was I was kind of like aha, you know that. Mm-hmm. I hadn't thought about that. I think conceptually, I like Michael as an accidental genius. I yeah, that's fine. Mine, yeah. yeah, that's. I mean, that's less of a conspiracy theory, more of just like a fun thing to think about. Mm-hmm. And then I think if you want to get existential and very very conceptual. The idea that the office is purgatory, and granted, this is something that I kind of threw out there, but like the idea that the office is purgatory mm-hmm. is more fun to think about because, like, you know, so often uh, you hear about Lost, right? Is Lost is purgatory, and they all, when right. the plane crashed, they all died, right? But then think about when they go downstairs in the Boys and Girls episode in season two, Dwight turns to the camera and says, Remember in Lost when they met the others? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And then uh, when uh, Dwight takes Ryan for the salesman initiation, he says, what is the Dharma initiative? Right. Right. A little right. lost tie-ins. Yeah, always. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's one. That one's kind of fun to think about. That's a good quick, one. Quick note, too. Speaking of Dwight, I mean, 
we didn't mention Dwight really at all this entire episode as far as mm. there are zero fan theories about him. I guess Which so. backs up the evidence that he might be the most uh, stable, honest person in the office. Hmm. I don't think he has many secrets. I don't know about stable. Yeah. Only because uh, he is open to the idea of taking anxiety medication from Nelly in season nine. Uh, I guess in season nine. And he attributes his diminished uh, sort of screen presence in season eight by not getting the manager job to how much martial arts and Krav Maga and meditation he's doing. <laughs> right, right. An hour of meditation at dawn, mm-hmm. karate before work, Krav Maga after work, and the meditation at sunset. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I just thought it was interesting that it's like, we didn't even talk about Dwight. That's a good point. Come up. Mm-hmm. And he's he's a very main character. Well, to our to our listeners at home, if if you have a fan theory about Dwight or a fan theory about anything or any opinions on these fan theories, you can uh, reach out to us and let us know, and we'd love to hear it. Uh, you can hit us up on Facebook. You can hit us up on Twitter at Michael Scott Pod, Instagram Michael Scott Podcast Company. We have a phone number. I've mentioned this before. <laughs> I'm going to give you the number again. It's 503-694-9314. Give us a call and leave us a message. And maybe we'll play it on the show and discuss uh, what your uh, opinion is or your fan theory is. I mean, I think that there's more fan theories to be had out there. You know, this is what I could find in a couple days of researching. But I think uh, there's more um, that we could come up with. And that was really fun. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, now it's time for a new segment on the show we like to call Conference Room. All right, you know what? That's it. Conference Room, five minutes. What is Conference Room, Conference Room, this is when we're going to, we're just going to talk, we're just going to pick a short topic to riff on for a little bit. It's not trivia, it's not a main discussion. Today's is sex slang inspired by office quotes, or by the office. Um... At first, we were just, I, you know what? I think we actually got this idea from the super, the Office Super Fan Facebook group. Facebook group. So mm, shout right, out right. to the shout Office out, Super out. Fan Facebook group. I did not look at that thread. Uh, I didn't. I this. didn't look at that thread. Didn't know it existed. Um, but That's the uh, it was. Uh, they 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 said sexual positions. Um, I think we're kind think of branching we out a little, a little bit, bit further like a, than that. A go-to move, a make-out yeah. technique, whatever you want to call yeah. it. Yeah, right? just anything involving romance. Think so. like the dentist system from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> I, I came with just only a few prepared, uh, but uh, it sounds like you guys came with a, with mm-hmm. a lot. And, and really quickly, too, for this segment, just for the future, it's like sometimes we'll do a... We might bring a top... One of us will bring a top five list. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll have a weird voicemail. We'll just it's do just that a, one. It's like... Something the way quick, Michael, something fun. The way Michael would pull the office and just be like, "We're talking about this now." We yeah. started talking about toilet paper, right? Where do you use toilet paper, Uranus? <laughs> and talking about planets, and I think we all learned a little something about how small we are. That's right. Uh, I'll start us off, yeah, with the concierge Marie. <laughs> Bang them and kick them out of your hotel room. <laughs> But keep the shoes for a second. Yeah, keep the <laughs> Astro Cleaners. That's yeah. a good one. It's, it's when you it's when you bring uh, someone over. Cleaner. It's a one night stand, but you keep their shoes. Yeah, yeah. Um, Edwin, uh, I don't really have uh, logistics or explanations okay. for a lot of mm-hmm. these. Okay. But what I lack in quality, I do have in quantity. Okay. So this one is just called the win win win. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah, just a just a, the threesome that went well. That's right. You have another. I have I have well, many I others. Run off Give a me a one two. Milk and sugar. <laughs> Milk and sugar. <laughs> mm. Um I have the uh the blind guy McSqueezy, which is just <laughs> having having sex in a like completely pitch black room when you can't see anything at all. <laughs> That's good. A lot of feeling around. Blind guy McSqueezy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that could be a fun little role playing. The women game. in my improv class hate him. <laughs> Uh, another one I came up with, uh, no logistics for this one. Yankee swap. <laughs> <laughs> That's what makes it fun. Uh, I'm not really sure what that exactly uh-huh. would, would look like. This is uh, this is Serenity by Jan. This is just when you set the mood by lighting a bunch of candles. Mm. Okay. Oh, hell yeah. I also said the Serenity by Jan, which is when you're dressed in a schoolgirl outfit and then you have a performance review afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. I, I I really didn't come prepared with so so. Let me let let's hear them. What do you got? Uh, I have the Lone Ranger and Tonto and Bonto. 
which is a date where you watch a Western movie. I'm just going to make these up. Yeah, as we yeah. Go. Okay, I yeah. like that. Uh, this is when uh, this would be a way that you would like end a first date if you're not the moment where you're like uh, kiss. What do we do? It's it's in that moment you could also you could pull off the Angela, which is a stern look and a handshake. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this one is just called Flonkerton, and this is when oh, you yeah, uh, little... when you go out with a delegate from Iceland. <laughs> uh, the Florida Stanley is when you cheat on someone in a convertible. <laughs> that's that's good. It's not good While to do. It's c- terrible to cigar. do. It's the Florida Stanley. Listening to Loggins and Messina. Uh, this Did one I just, say Messina? <laughs> just Margarita Karaoke Christmas. <laughs> that itself. Yeah. Uh, the fun run is when you have you eat a fettuccine Alfredo before having sex. Oh my god! I challenge our listeners to pull it off. Let us let us know how it worked for you. Five zero three six nine four nine three one four. How did the fun run? We want to hear about it. Uh, this is just it's just banana slings. <laughs> uh, I have the Bratton or perhaps the Grassroot uh, which is when another man slips in there there's really no way of knowing well and then you could have the Great Bratton yeah. <laughs> uh, this is just take a good look it's when you do a romantic reading of Joe Bennett's autobiography <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say uh, that, that'd be like when uh, Phyllis and Bob just <laughs> oh, yeah. stand there and look at each other's mm-hmm. naked bodies uh, without touching mm-hmm. um, the agro tourist is when uh, someone reads you Harry Potter after, after sex uh, this is just a list, but uh, shout, shout out to the bee farm. It all goes together. Goat on chicken, chicken on goat. A couple of chickens doing a goat. A couple of pigs watching. <laughs> a couple of pigs watching. Uh, this one is this one is a is a, is a real one here. Uh, it's the Dundee. Is yeah. is when you're you're making love and perhaps the office is going in the background because you were watching it <laughs> and you at one point. You laugh because of something that happened on the office while it's happening. <laughs> that's a, wait. Did you say that's a real one? <laughs> I just mean that you know that may or may not have happened yeah. in my life. But, uh, that's when that happens. You earned a Dundee. That's that's, what you get. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> when the office is so good, it distracts you. That's perfect. Uh, I have one called doing the scarnets. When you go to the right, and you shake that hand. <laughs> you go to the left, you shake that hand. You make them friends. You tie some yarn, and that's how you do the scarn. <laughs> Uh, um, the Nard Dog. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Okay, it's just when you get a tattoo on your butt. <laughs> no certain time, just whenever. That's that's good. Yeah. Okay, Edwin. I have this one. Uh, it says, "And Gaby makes three. When you have a when you have a surprise third. Yeah, just Gabe Lewis joins your. Mm-hmm. Uh oh, my last the last one I have is is the Senior Loden scene. Oh, that's when you, oh, you get all greased up before. Oh, my goodness. I have a ton of these with no context. Okay. I'm just going to read them. Yeah, let's, let's, let's just give it and then give yeah. it to us. Uh, Ryan's pesto party. <laughs> okay. I, I, my mom makes the best pesto. And I said, hey, mom, will you make a bunch of pesto? I make, I'm having a pesto party with all my friends. She was like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, wait. And well, Phyllis had that certain mom look about her. Really quick. This is, I forgot one more. Uh, speaking of Ryan, the woof.com is when you group text. Uh, all your booty calls at the same time. Oh, that's, oh, that's good. very good. BT, I like that. BTB, bring that booty. The wolf. <laughs> uh, bibbity bobbity, give me the sobbity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, the dandy Dale and Fabi McGee. Oh, that's good. <laughs> um, fear is the greatest snowball. <laughs> uh, tan almost everywhere. Jan almost everywhere. <laughs> that's a good. Tee hee diary. What a week. Uh, Michael's homemade potato salad. Oh. Uh, going Mach five. Yeah. Going Mach 5 is good. The Fluffy Fingers. Mm-hmm. Of course. The Battle of Shroot Farms. Oh, boy. <laughs> I Am Bacchus God of Wine. Uh, sandwich Delivery for Oscar Martinez. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just pictured... Okay. I feel like you just... Yeah. That's just something that you say before having sex with Oscar Martinez. Uh, uh, Dink and Flicka. Um... Let's see. Let's see. Beer me five. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's it. That was good. What a list. Those were good. Wow. Edwin wins. Fruitful. <laughs> Very much so. Very Great much logistics, so. though, from Quant- Quantity yeah. over quality. That's what we learned today. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Uh, everybody, thank you so much for listening. Of course, we'll be back next week with a new topic and a new episode. Uh, go ahead and check us out, those social media 
places and give us a call. Um, let us know what you think. We'd love to talk about um, what your opinions are. So um, with that, thanks for listening. See you next time. Pippity poppy, give me the solid. Yes, sir. Bye-bye. Well, my name's Michael Scon, and I'm here to say I'm about to do the song in a major way. You jump to the right and you shake a hand And you jump to the left and you shake that hand You meet new friends, you tie some yarn And that's how you do the scone You jump to the right and you shake that hand And you jump to the left and you shake that hand Meet new friends, tie that yarn That's how you do the scone You jump to the right and you shake that hand And you jump to the left and you shake that hand Meet new friends, tie that yarn Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.